Life Audio. Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. Today is part two of my conversation with the fabulous Francie Winslow. Y'all, she's fire. It is so good. The way she talks about sex will rattle you in a good way. It will challenge you. It will encourage your heart. It's so good. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to part one of our interview from earlier this week. Ah, uh, Today, we're going to dig even deeper. So my friend, if you're a woman with body image issues and sex is a struggle for you, which it is for most of us with body image issues, today's episode is for you. Francie and I go to some tough places. In fact, she gives some advice about looking in the mirror naked. Oh, I'm not super comfortable with that. This one is going to challenge us all. I am glad you're here for it. Share it with a friend. And hey, speaking of friends, are we email friends yet? I hope so. I send out a couple messages a month to just my email friends. If you would like to be one of my email friends, hey, I will send you a five day body image challenge where I'll just kind of throw some ideas out there to help encourage you to get started on your body image journey to freedom. But I also send out specials when my books come out, coaching specials and encouragement every couple of weeks. So I hope you'll join our email list. You can go to compare to who.me or improvebodyimage.com. Sign up for that email list. Sign up for that five-day body image challenge. Let's get connected. Here we go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone. You've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Francie Winslow, thank you so much for being on the Compared to You show again today. Absolutely. It's so fun to be back. Thanks for having me. So last time we kind of talked about your story and you know how women can be more confident in the bedroom, finding that joyful mm-hmm. confidence. Today, I want to get into some of the harder stuff. Okay. So let's start with uh, a word that I don't think I knew, (laughs) but maybe I should have known. And I'm going to say it wrong. Vaginismus. Did I say that right? You got it. Vaginismus. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to talk about that. A lot of my listeners I know may have come from a background like mine, like yours, as I understand it where purity culture was a thing and, you know, we were trying to do the right thing, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. setting up what I would say are healthy biblical boundaries in this arena. And then we get married and this 
this switch is supposed to flip on and mm. suddenly, I don't know, for me, I, I think I, I wrestled a little bitterness those first couple years of marriage because I had waited yeah. and I felt like the promise made to me in youth group was that mm. it was going to be awesome because I waited. Yeah. Instead, what I think I felt was like, wait a second, it seems like all the people that didn't wait have an easier time than I do. And, and again, this is probably all a mental game, right? Because it's not like we're really relating and talking to each other about details right. and specifics at the level we need to. And I remember many conversations, my husband was like, it's not how it's supposed to be. And he's like, how do you know how it's supposed to be? Like, who are you talking to? I'm like, no one. I just know. I'm just sure uh. this is not it. But, mm. but talk to the woman who maybe is struggling now, maybe it's early days of her marriage, or mm. maybe she's just always struggled. What, yeah. what encouragement can you give to her? And, and maybe actually even, I, I probably jumped ahead of myself. Talk about vagin- vaginismus. Boy, easy for me to say. It's a mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's a big word. It's a mouthful. Um, so vaginismus is the um, titan. It's not a medical disease. It's not something that you need medicine for, but it is kind of an involuntary response of your vaginal muscles getting really tight. It's almost kind of like your your vagina getting real anxious and tightening up so that nothing can enter. And um, it can happen through a trauma response if there has been abuse and your body remembers that. And so there is a sense of your body's trying to protect itself. And so it becomes really tight. It could be due to um, even the trauma of believing really heavily shame messages that mm-hmm. sex is bad and dirty and dangerous. And that I think is where some of the the conversation went a little wrong in church circles is it was so, um, so boundaried, so set off as like, don't do it. We may have internalized a message that it's dangerous. And so our bodies received that and thought, I can't do that. That's off limits. I don't want to do that. And after so long, even if you're making out or you're getting hot and heavy, but then you shut it down, there is this abrupt stopping of something that your body is actually supposed to work up to and enjoy and open up to, but then you shut it down really fast. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you cross over into marriage, if that was kind of the direction you were going, it might be hard to feel that sense of being turned on, or it might even be so much as so you can't have penetration because there's so much tension, muscular tension and anxiety. There's also secondary vaginismus that could happen later because of a trauma, like a traumatic childbirth or something like that. Or maybe uh, a trauma was realized much later in life. And so um, there's different ways that it could happen. But if I've had a lot of conversations with young brides and I walked with one recently who um, waited to her marriage to have sex. And um, there were some indicators she couldn't wear tampons. And I, I had a little red flag. I'm like, mm, you might want to. I just put that as a mental note because I didn't want to make mm-hmm. a big deal of it and put fear in her mind. But she got to her honeymoon and, and they couldn't achieve penetration. I hate that word, even achieve, mm-hmm. but they couldn't experience that because she was too tight and it was crushing. And you immediately believe, well, we can't have this gift or I'm broken. And that's not true. It can be worked through. And I tell this story in a a recent podcast where I talked about vaginismus. So there's a more in-depth detail. If if this is you, go listen to that podcast. There's resources attached to that that can really help. There is help and there's hope. And you can move through this 
for sure. Um, and it's not the end of your sex life, but it is something that needs to be addressed and not remain covered up or silenced because some people feel shame. Like I'm broken. I can't do this. My body doesn't work. And, and then it just becomes this huge, um, place of feeling shut down in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, this girl that I walked with, it was, it was really precious. I was so proud of them because she reached out and, and I said, well, I think, this might be what you're dealing with. Check it out. These are some resources. And she went and she followed this ebook that was all about everything. You, the ultimate guide to vaginismus, I think is what it's called. And um, I believe they're believers who wrote it. And so they were seeing this problem so often that they wrote this step-by-step guidebook. And it, it essentially helps you get reacquainted with your body in a step-by-step way so that you can believe that this is good mm-hmm. and your muscles can relax. And so there's a lot of step-by-step right. things like uh, gradual dilation. And uh, what my friend did even was she kind of incorporated body blessing with her husband where he would put you know his hand on her body and then she'd put her hand over his and they would just breathe together and mm-hmm. they would pray and bless her body and it was as if her body needed to come into alignment with the fact that this is good and I'm safe mm-hmm. and this is a gift and um so it was a journey and a process but I told her I was like you know with all of that work you've done to really feel the muscles down there and to have to relax them and to do breath work as a part of it and to do prayer you're going to have a much healthier sex life in the long run than somebody who you know didn't have to go through those hurdles so if you are struggling, just know that working through it is even a benefit to your sex life because it's requiring you to really put work in that will lead to more wholeness down the road. So it's a real thing. And it is ultimately the reality that God made us mind, body, and spirit. And our sex teaching for so long was just spiritual Mm -hmm. and kind of like, you know, behavior modification plus God, you know, God has a way and just do it his way, period. But we didn't Mm -hmm. learn how to affirm desire or longing or Mm -hmm. arousal as good because we were afraid of it. And we didn't have a larger narrative to put our um, sexual discipleship into to give us vision for why we're waiting. And it's not about you know, if you do this, then you get this. It is this bigger story of self-giving love that models is modeling, you know, after the story of Christ and is a smaller picture of that. But it's also this gift that takes work and it's this gift mm-hmm. of vulnerability and it's this gift of healing. And so there's just a, a completely different frame, I think, maybe that we can offer our children than what we got. But um, I think understanding the connection to your spiritual life and your body is key in experiencing breakthroughs for, from some of these challenges. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way? Yet so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there was a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encourages you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face to face with them. You can find emotional freedom, learn to see through the haze of conflicted feelings, and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author Dr. Allison Cook guides you through a practical three-step process to find the freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. I want to go deeper into into the body side, but before I do, let's talk just briefly about the woman, you know, you've, you've used the word sex as a gift. Okay. 
What if this gift has been disappointing for 20, 30, 40 years? What if she's written it off as it's just never going to be? It's just not going to be part of our lives. I mean, I talk to women all the time that, you know, their regular sex life is annual, if even. Mm. How, how does the woman, and, and again, assuming assuming we've got a good guy involved, mm-hmm. that, what, what would you say her first step is to trying to go there again, to trying to reignite something that maybe has has fallen to the wayside in their relationship? Yeah. Uh, you see me like closing my eyes because mm-hmm. I'm actually praying for wisdom because there are um, as many stories as there are humans on the earth. Right. And what I have the fear of the Lord on me is that I am not a therapist mm-hmm. and I don't know all the nuances to anyone's story. But the one who made you does know your story. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get wrong in thinking that sex is about kind of an act disconnected from the rest of our story. Mm-hmm. It's fully integrated into all of our story. And so whatever we're experiencing now, probably the path forward is actually the path backwards Mm. to go back into our story and say, God, what happened in my life that led me to this point? And not just a year or two, but maybe childhood. And so I say this to say that your sex life is a gift from God, because in the beginning, God designed you to be a person who experiences love and intimacy and knowing and being known. Mm -hmm. And that is the highest ideal of a meaningful sex life. It is not even awesome orgasms because guess what? Mm. Cosmo is like after the best orgasm and how to have the highest high. And that is actually not the most satisfying sex. I'm all about pleasure. Mm. You can go listen to my podcast. I think we need to talk about it more and more and more. But the highest ideal is this naked and unashamed vulnerable acceptance. Mm. And that is what we have in the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's why sex is so powerful and meaningful because it's an embodied version of that gift that is meant to be a small signpost that points us to the greater reality. We miss that by not even a mile, a million miles because of how pornographic our culture is Mm -hmm. and how we have swallowed it wholly. Even Mm -hmm. in the church, we swallowed it wholly to believe that sex is mostly about an erection and thrusting and ejaculation and orgasm. We follow our models after Hollywood thinking like that's what it those are the ingredients and those are not the ingredients of great sex. The ingredients of great sex is this ability to bring your full self mm. to another and to be loved and to be embraced and to become one in a way that life comes from that union. And not only procreation babies, yes, but this sense of an overflowing multiplication of love. And so orgasms are a part of that and a very important part for women to know they were made to receive that. And I think that's the fun of of learning your body. Maybe you've never actually had sex ed past the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't know much about your physical body or your arousal cycle or the fact of how God made you sensuous every day so that you could be a sensuous person. There's so many layers, I think, of exploration and worship that we can explore mm-hmm. how God made us and say, wow, God, you're good. And I do think part of our our journey has to be going backwards into our story and say, God, 
I want what you made for me and I want a new way of seeing my body, not as a sex object, not as something to be consumed or taken from, but something to be mm. nourished. I am someone to be nourished and to be loved. And so um, I hate to be self-promoting, but one invitation is to go to my podcast and start at episode Please. one, yeah. because what I've heard mostly from listeners, because again, I'm not a therapist and I don't attempt to solve anyone's problems because I don't claim to be that wise. But the Lord who knows your story is walking mm-hmm. with you. And I am willing to go forward and share my story. And so in my podcast, I share just my story and the revelation that God has given me along the way of my body, of the meaning of marriage, of the meaning of sex, of the power of pleasure through pain, through good times, through hard times, and the healing that's happened and the overwhelming amount of emails that I get that say, I'm being healed. Mm -hmm. I'm being healed and I've got diseases, I've got pain, I've got trauma, I've got abuse. And more than anything, my mind is being healed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is doing as we proclaim the truth of how he made us is he's finding his way into our stories and reclaiming that territory that God ordained to be his. And on a practical level, one book that I really love is by Nancy Houston. It's called Love and Sex, and it is beautiful um, trauma-informed healing invitation. And so I recommend awesome. Nancy Houston's book awesome. called Love and Sex. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love all that, Francie. That's so good. Um you you do this on your show and I mean it blows me away. But you talk about like you just said that we haven't had most of us haven't had any kind of sex education after the eighth grade. I th- I went to Christian school and so they saved sex ed for get this senior year. <laughs> I skipped my senior year of high school. I went right to college. Well, so you never got sex ed. I think so. I was in I was in public school in fifth and sixth grade, and I think we had to put condoms on bananas. Um, (laughs) that's traumatic and then my parents took me to christian school (laughs) but no more bananas (laughs) right but i think i think that's pretty common like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think we know you mentioned i don't remember if it was this episode or the last but but the the multiple times of pleasure that our bodies are supposed to receive versus a man's body. Can you just give us kind of the highlights? I do. I want people to go listen to your show. Definitely. That's that's yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I think if you're listening to Francie today, you need to go to her podcast as soon as this episode's done and check it out. But would you give us just a sample of, of some of that data? Yeah. So I love it so much because um, what I see in the creation story, in the beginning, God created all these polarities, light and dark, you know, land and sea, plants and animals. And and then he made male and female and he made male first really good. He made it good. And then he made female very good. And what I think is amazing is that literally women do have more than double the amount of pleasure capacity as a man. And I think that was so kind of God. Mm -hmm. I think he's like, oh, my women, they are so precious. And I want them to experience rest and refreshment and restoration through their receptivity. And so getting really specific, um, the woman's clitoris, I think, I hope most of you have heard of it, know where it is, know what it is, but it is um, the part of her genitals that is made for no other purpose than pleasure. And it was, this is a little side note, it gets me every time I think about it. Until last year, it was thought that a woman's clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings, which is is double than a man's penis. Um, and nerve endings indicate pleasure capacity, mm-hmm. like every little sensation should feel like electrifying. And um, just this past year, they actually came out with the reality that that 8000 number was based on this is going to freak you out on a cow's clitoris. <laughs> what? 
because they had not even studied a real female sexual organ. Wow. That tells you how low female pleasure is on the priority list Mm -hmm. of even the secular world. Right. They had done, they had done diagnostic studies on a, on a cow. (laughs) And so they, female, actual human clitoris has (laughs) more than 10,000 nerve endings. And I think that just was a light bulb moment for me of, I think the enemy of our souls hates fully alive women. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. And so on every level, he's tried to strip us of our beauty and our pleasure and our confidence Mm -hmm. and our capacity to receive in a way that makes us light up like the prettiest princess and the prettiest dress at the prettiest ball. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what we're made to feel like. And Mm -hmm. the enemy wants to steal from us and put us in rags and make us believe that that's our inheritance. And Mm -hmm. it's not. We were made to be the crown of creation, the pinnacle of God's beauty that he made, the the exclamation point at the end of his parade of showing off. That's who we are. Preach. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the clitoris. That is um, such a gift from God. But it doesn't only stop at that little spot. We usually think of it as that little tiny eraser size dot at the top of the vulva. It goes down kind of the shape of a wishbone down the lips of the vulva. And so all of that area is like an electric zone, but it doesn't just stop there. When a, once a woman is aroused, her entire body becomes orgasmic where we have mm-hmm. countless erogenous zones all over our body. I'm sure men can feel pleasure if like maybe you nibble on his neck or something, but a woman's entire body becomes electric when she is aroused. And I don't think we often take time to get mm-hmm. to that point of arousal because it requires 10, 20, 30 minutes of being receptive and mm-hmm. relaxed and having margin enough to let your guard down and to let your brain turn off. And that is the pleasure space, mm-hmm. not when we see it as a duty, which unfortunately a lot of our maybe training has taught us that women are emotional and men are sexual. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you have to meet his sexual needs so he doesn't mm-hmm. wander. That is the old script and it's total baloney. Like we are fully sexual and made to receive and it's good for our mental health. It's good for our physical health. It helps reduce pain and inflammation. It helps us sleep better. It helps increase our immune system. There's just countless benefits. But um, yeah, our whole body is full of erogenous zones and they're tucked in. I have a series called Your Wonderful Female Body because I realized that I had never taken a mirror down there a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And when somebody suggested to me, again, I had that prudish response. I will never do that. <laughs> but the more free I got and the more the Lord is like, I made this. This I'm proud of this. This is beautiful and this mm-hmm. is good the more freedom I had to receive and the more um, I I moved away from shame and judgment and into joy and curiosity about my body. And that is an act of worship Mm -hmm. to look at this body that God calls a gift and to say, wow, God, this is amazing. I'm happy. I'm joyful. I'm curious instead of I'm ashamed and I'm judgmental about Mm -hmm. myself. And so, yeah, tons of pleasure capacity. And that's just the, that's just the tip of the iceberg, but we were made for orgasms, multiple types of orgasms, and then multiple orgasms. Generally men have a peak and then they finish. And women, once they get going, especially if their mental game is on, they're focused and they're not thinking about the laundry or the, you know, the <laughs> meeting, they can stay at a peak and then rest for a few minutes and go back to a peak. And that mm-hmm. is just a beautiful gift that women have. Yeah. And so that is the journey I think of 
of um, coming to agreement with saying, God, what you made is very good. And I'm curious and I'm joyful and I'm grateful. And um, I want to let go of some of the shame. And that's been a lot of my journey is just realizing God's inviting me to freedom. And yeah. as a Christian woman, that that is a gift, not something to kind of shudder at, but something to say, wow, this is God's property. This is God's creation. This is God's gift. Yeah. This is not the world's. The world has tried to take it and pervert it. But this is our space of saying, nope, this is God's territory and we're going to celebrate it. Yeah. Amen. So good. So good. I think for a lot of my listeners, it's like the concept of reclaiming your body as, mm. as something good that God made. You know, yes. that's, that's like kind of one step, but going that second step and thinking about, wow, like sex is supposed to be an act of worship. Like if mm-hmm. it is, then why do, are we so awkward about it? Like why, you know, like you, you've even challenged me just through listening to your show. <laughs> about saying the the genitalia words. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still struggling. But I'm like, oh my goodness, but she's you're right. Like I should mm-hmm. not have a hard time saying the word penis. I shouldn't. Yeah. God made it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or yeah. it, and and so it's it's been super helpful to to listen to you unpack just the yeah. truth that that Christians do we need to reclaim something God called good and reclaim it as good. I love that. Okay. So what about those of us who have kids? Mm. <laughs> like, how, how do you talk to your kids about this? I'm sure like in your house, <laughs> you're just throwing yeah. those words around all the time. But, but how, how do those of us <laughs> that maybe aren't all the way there, how do we start? <laughs> I was right there even. It's so funny because God called me into this and it wasn't that I figured it out and then I started preaching about it. It's that he is healing me and he's saying, share it. Mm-hmm. Here's another healing. Share it because I've done deep theological work. I've done deep, um, masterful level study on this, but I'm also living it out, not just in my head and in academia, but in my life and in my bedroom and in my living room with my children. And so I'm a work in, in progress as well. And it was just a couple of years ago that I met a woman, Jennifer Degler. She's been on my podcast. She's kind of a mentor of mine. And I was amazed. We were at a conference and she introduced herself. It was like a conference of leaders who talk on this stuff. It was with Julie Slattery, who you said you've had on here. And um, Jennifer stood up and was like, I'm Jennifer Degler. And I talked to Christian wives about enjoying and loving and valuing sex. And we talk about penises and vaginas and vulvas. And I thought, <gasps> she's saying, and she was kind of being silly because it makes everybody feel uncomfortable. And we were at a sex leaders conference. And um, I thought I want to be free like her. Mm immediately I'm like, I am not free and I want freedom. So I've cornered her in the bathroom after that session. And I'm like, Hey, I heard you talking and I want what you have because I'm not that free. How do I get that free? So we went and sat on a picnic table and had a little lunch afterwards. And she said, honestly, I wasn't free like that either until I was studying this. And my teacher told me I had to go home and say the word penis, 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 <laughs> vagina, 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 until it became normal mm-hmm. because there was so much shame that mm-hmm. we were, she was like, I was disconnected from it and it felt yucky, but it's not yucky. It's good. And it's God's and it's a body. And we don't have any trouble saying nose or elbow or earlobe. Mm-hmm. But we have so much shame around those specific parts of our body. And so it inspired me. I came home and told my husband that story. And I was Uh like, I need more freedom. And so I think it's always knowing, okay, less judgment, more curiosity of like, God, this is yours. I want to learn how to be more free. I want more freedom. And maybe you don't. I don't know. But I know when I see somebody free, 
it's something in me calls something inside of me calls out i want what she has because yeah. i'm not free yeah. and we know that christ came to set us free mm-hmm. and he came to reconcile all that was god's back to himself and you better believe it that the enemy wants us to stay disconnected from our genitals mm-hmm. he wants us to think they're dirty and gross because he knows the power of us as fully alive human image bearers that are not ashamed because that was the first word that came out against humans in the garden was that they were naked and unashamed. And then they went and hid because they were ashamed. So anytime you feel ashamed about your body, that is something to immediately be like, no, Jesus Mm -hmm. came to eradicate that. Jesus came to set me free from that. That is ungodly for me to entertain shame in my life and in my home. And so Talking about children, I've realized that I cannot give away to my children what I don't have. Mm -hmm. And so I realized if I get weird every time a private part word comes up, (laughs) guess what they're going to do? They're They're going to feel weird. weird. And then they're not going to ever want to talk to me about that because they're going to be like, mom gets really weird when we talk Uh about that. She gets like (laughs) contorted and she shakes and she starts to blush. And I realized I need freedom. And so I was just thinking, and this is just a testimony of growth. uh, I have three boys and three girls. And my first daughter, I remember she was kind of about the age of starting her period. And I remember being like, oh, I got to figure this out. I don't know how to do this. And I remember I had like a day long date with her. And I think I did like the dating talk, the period talk, the sex. I did it like all at one time and <laughs> just kind of freaked out and was like, I got all the books and did this Bible. And I'm like, what am I doing? She's like 11 and totally uh-huh. overwhelmed. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll happily tell you that I just had the third period talk or introduced. Uh-huh. I did a much better job. And so there's grace because we're all learning and growing and we might fumble it majorly, but that's okay because it's just the process of saying, I don't have us all figured out. I didn't actually know about my period in a healthy way. When I was your age, I was scared out of my mind. I didn't know. So I'm going to tell you what I know and we're going to keep learning together. You can say that about sex. You can say that about trans. You can say that about anything that's happening in the culture mm-hmm. that you don't really know. You can just say, hey, this is what God made. And he called our bodies good. He made male and female. He made the gift of sex. It was by God's good design. And I'm going to tell you what I know, and we're going to keep learning. But um, it definitely helps that knowing I can't give away what I don't have. And so I mm-hmm. want to prioritize my journey and my freedom. And then looking for little moments of opportunity when there's curiosity to start with scientific facts just to start with this is your body this is your body parts this is god's good design and then as time and relationship grows knowing that your priority is not to get it all right but to be an available voice that they can trust and so a lot of that involves being humble and saying i don't know everything but i want to be the person that you can come to with any question we'll figure it out together yeah that's good okay can i ask you a a personal question Oh, oh, yes. Come on, let's get personal. <laughs> so, so do your children, let me think about a better way to phrase this. I was going to say, do your okay. children know when you're having sex? But, but do you try to, and I don't mean hide, but, but is that something you're really open with your kids about? Like, hey, mom and dad are going to go in the bedroom for a little bit here. Or, what, no, what does that look like we for don't. You? We don't put a spotlight on it. Okay. Um, I think that they might eventually figure it out. So uh-huh. one of the things, <laughs> we have a very intense life. And um, for a while, what really worked for our connection, I'll just back it up. When our kids were little, we realized we were becoming roommates. We were like ships mm-hmm. passing in the night and high-fiving each other, passing each other babies. Mm-hmm. I was in a master's degree. He was traveling sales guy. And we realized we're totally disconnected and we are just roommates. And we, that was about, um, 
13 years ago. And so we looked at each other and we said, we've got to do something different. And so at that point we decided, you know what? We have a hard time getting a babysitter. We don't have a lot of extra cash. We don't know anybody in this new town. We don't have any family nearby. All the reasons we weren't going on dates, we decided we're going to do date night every night at home. Mm -hmm. And so we did that for about 10 or 11 years. And it was just every night from eight to nine, it was mommy and daddy time. And it worked really well when our kids were really little because we had put them down. And then we would just say, we're done. We're going to turn off our phones. We're going to stop doing laundry. It's going to be you and me. And then we're going to go to bed together. And it was just this beautiful rhythm of choice we're going to choose connection. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't feel like it, even though we're tired, even though we're burnt out, we're going to choose connection. And it looked like a million different things. Sometimes it looked like sex or a bath or wine tasting or tea tasting or playing a game or watching a you know documentary or something. But we would always say this is our intentional time. Then our kids got older and we had to shift it around a little bit. And so we'd put some kids down and then we'd say, mommy and daddy are going to go get ready for bed. Mm-hmm. We had to shorten it a little bit, but that's when we would like go take a shower together or we mm-hmm. would have a quickie or something. And then we'd put the big kids to bed after that. Mm-hmm. So they knew like mommy and daddy are still having mommy daddy time, but we didn't go to bed right after because we had to put the older kids to bed. Now, because we have a 15 year old, a 14 year old down to a four year old, um, and we've encountered quite a few difficult things over the past few years of pretty serious chronic illness and mm. high stress situations, we realized what we need is um, one date day a week at a hotel. Hmm. So we go to a hotel one day a week for about four hours and okay. we really nourish our marriage. And we realize that that it's just kind of it's season by season. What is nourishing to our marriage mm. and what makes sense? Because we're so stretched thin with all of our six kids and different things. We don't really have the capacity to do our nightly thing anymore, but we need to be nourished and we need margin for our marriage because it doesn't happen just by constantly juggling a million plates. And so it has been so life-giving and so nourishing. And it's not like we run in a hotel and have crazy hot sex. It's like sometimes we sleep together, take a nap. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I cry. Sometimes we have to process through what's hard in life. We end up having deeply nourishing intimate connection Mm -hmm. and slow sex and long shower together and, you know, just full body enjoyment for a long time. And it's so healing. And I just want to say it's healing. Mm. I believe that pleasure and intimacy was a provision of God for nourishing and healing our bodies and our souls because he knew we would need that intimate connection in the hard stuff of marriage. And so um, they know we go to a hotel to answer your question. Okay. And what are you, where are you guys going? Well, daddy and I are going to a hotel because uh-huh. we go have a hotel date. And we don't say we're going to go have sex. But I think our older ones probably sure. figure that out. Yeah. Um, and we'll sneak upstairs to get ready for bed, you know, mm-hmm. every now and then where we're gone for half an hour. And they don't ask too many questions. But um, maybe as they get older, they'll figure it out. But I think they definitely know we work really hard to nourish our marriage. Yeah. And they also know that mommy talks about sex on her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they might put two and two together. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, Francie, thanks. <laughs> thanks for your willingness to be so open. Yeah, Super helpful. Well, it's just been an honor to have you on the show today. Will you tell everyone where they can connect with you and listen, listen to your show? Yes, it's called Heaven in Your Home. And it's uh, all about sex, marriage, and the mission of God. And it's on all podcast streaming platforms. And you could find my stuff on Instagram or my website, francywinslow.com. And I have a a discipleship circle that is open. It's kind of a more in-depth mentorship where we meet once a month on Zoom to go deeper into these topics and as a a community of women from all over the world, really. So there's many opportunities to get plugged in and resources on my website to, to take this stuff and go at your own pace as well. 
That's awesome. And I'll have links to all of that in the show notes so y'all can go connect and listen. Francie, would you be willing to close us today in yeah, prayer? Would you I'd be willing that. just to, to pray for those listening? Maybe you're hearing some of this stuff for the first time. Would you pray Absolutely. for us all? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I just encourage you to take a deep breath with me and maybe put a hand on your heart just as a reality check that we are embodied people and that God gave us these good bodies, that he dwells with his spirit in these good bodies. And that our bodies are temples of God, that we're walking, talking God encounters, that everywhere we go, we carry him in these holy bodies. Oh, God, so we just inhale and exhale your kindness and your generosity and your goodness for these good bodies. I thank you, God, for making us in your image and for calling us good. I just pray, God, for grace and power to um, agree with you that when the lies come at us in our head and, and the accusations come flying at us and the shame tries to choke us out, God, I just pray that we would see that for what it is. We would resist the enemy and that he would flee from us and that we would lay hold of the victory and the freedom for which you have bought us with your very blood. I thank you, God, that you destined us for intimacy with you primarily, that that is our eternal design and destiny is to be one with you forever in love. We thank you for that gift of salvation, and we thank you for the gift of marriage and intimacy that it's made to be a small signpost that points to that greater reality. And I pray for you to move in the hearts and minds of every listener that you would integrate this story, her story with your story, and that she would see the redemption and the work of Jesus in her mind, in her body, in her sexuality, that you who began a good work in her will see it to completion. I pray, God, that you continue to lead each of these listeners in the next step in their freedom and healing journey and that they would know that there's nowhere they can go that you are not with them. I thank you for that comforting truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again so much, Francie. It's been a joy to have you on. And thank you for listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compare To Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Network of Christian Podcasts. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free.
Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.